they record for a little while, they bring the instrumentation back up and they listen to it, and the results were chilling. What they heard, according to this these reports, is that they heard humans screaming. Like just full-on torturous screams of humans. Uh, make a connection, make a bridge between those beings that exist in a more vibrational state that are of a darker nature so that they can gain power and gain power from them in order to begin to rule this world more. One whole facility was devoted to black magic. So the Soviets at a, at a, at a administrative level, we're talking KGB, Ministry of Defense, have their worldview that is different than what they tell the population to have. During the Cold War, countries of the world competed to see who could dig the deepest hole. Russia's Kola Super Deep Borehole may have even picked up the sounds of hell itself. Portals to hell have been discovered all around the world and capitalized on by weird occultists. Why were top Nazi officials interested in Hoska Castle? Discover stories of local lore, strange history, and more from me, Rob Counts. Then hear remote viewing data from John Vivanco on what really lies beneath the earth, plus a miraculous story of cosmonauts seeing enormous angels out in space. Does being on earth limit human consciousness? And is there something more out in the cosmos? We're gonna tell you all about it. So join the Metaphysical Podcast for a show that's out of this world. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, I can't believe that it, like we're already in December and coming upon Christmas. I, I just can't. I don't understand where the time's going. It's the quickening. It's Art Bell's quickening. It's taking it, hold. I, I agree fully with that theory, by the way, that, that things are speeding up somehow. Yeah. Also, I feel like we just started Metaphysical, and here we are on uh, something like episode, we're in the 90s or something like that. Like, yeah, it's insane. I can't, I don't understand how this has been going so fast. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of conversations we've had about weird esoteric stuff. Yeah, I know. It is. It's weird. You know, it's funny too cuz I get I'll get um emails from people sometimes and they'll they'll refer to something that we talked about in metaphysical and I'm like we we talked about that? <laughs> yeah, I I really I really have this problem because I do I do like four or five shows yeah. a week and then right. sometimes I can't remember stuff like I'll be watching a clip of myself say something and I'm like I kind of remember that like I remember researching that I just can't remember all of the details anymore you know yeah exactly it's like yeah. remote viewing like I've been doing remote viewing for 25 years in a professional capacity and it's like we have done so many projects and found yeah. out so many absolutely bizarre things that they are like buried somewhere in a memory pile that I can't even like access off the top of my yes. head until like little bits and pieces come up. Somebody else is talking about I'm like, Oh yeah. Right. Thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, how, how, okay. So this episode here, how this came about is a couple of weeks ago, John, I'm on the telephone with John and he says, yeah, you, you ever hear about the cosmonauts that saw the angels? And I was like, well, back up. What? So we actually have a pretty phenomenal story uh, that we're going to be getting to. You guys got to hold on for that one, where we're going to be talking about this sighting that cosmonauts had in space that will, I mean, could potentially change your mind about everything. Um, and I thought it only 
you know, it only would benefit us to talk a little bit about weird things that communists in general have done because there's so many weird things and so many. Dude, I know it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, and we have, you know, we, we haven't even gotten into yet, which we will all of the experiments that communists and the Nazis and even the Americans were doing. We will be getting into that and more, but here I think the, the story that always comes to mind when I think about communists is, the um it's called the the cola super deep borehole now have you have you heard of this no i i haven't heard of that one only like in passing but i do know that the communists loved or they loved the communists did love to dig holes like yeah. they were digging lake vostok in uh yeah antarctica antarctica right? Right. And I know they love digging holes as deep as they can possibly dig them. There's there's something that they're going after. Really, really curious to me, actually. Well, well, why, they yeah, would be doing why, this. why dig holes unless you're convinced something is down there? That's right. the that's the thing that I think for me is I mean, you know, the simplest solution must be the answer, kind of, right? right. Like something's down Occam's here. So let's dig. Yeah. But I think also, you know, yeah, that's Alcom's razor, right? Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the Cold War brought about all kinds of new technologies and all kinds of things uh, that we couldn't have imagined because there was this competition between um, between the United States and the Soviets. <clears throat> and um, this cola super deep borehole was the communists basically saying, like, who can who can dig the deepest hole? Well, it's going to be us. And so we'll just dig until we can't dig anymore. And uh, we'll just we'll just dig 40,000 feet down into the Earth's crust, which is an absurd amount. I mean, this is like digging the entire the entire height of of Everest nearly. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like the the Americans made it very far into space first before the Russians. So the Russians are like, ah, all right, let's go downward now. Let's see, see if we can beat the Americans that way. Yeah. So this hole's depth is the height of Mount Everest and Mount Fuji placed on top of one another. That's two massive mountains on top of one another. Um, it's 12,261 meters deep and it's the diameter of a dinner plate. Hmm. So, you know, why, why, why have a tunnel that I guess small or why, why have a hole that small, unless you were planning on dropping something down there, you must be doing testing or. Yeah. Taking like. soil samples, um, air samples, um, maybe, yeah. Dropping instrumentation down there, um, could be anything, um, yeah, this, the deep, so this um, is deeper than the deepest point of the ocean, which is the Mariana Trench, which lays about 36,201 feet below sea level. And the Russians started to drill and claimed they found free water, which wasn't believed by most scientists. Free now, water. What, what, what does this term mean? Free water. Just Nestle doesn't own it. 
Right. So there's water down there or, and you know, there are some theories that there are oceans down beneath the Earth's crust. And this is where, you know, the the super flood came from, you know, back in Noah's Noah's time. That was one of the theories. The other theory is that this water was in the atmosphere and it all came down. Um, so, yeah, Western scientists thought the crust was so dense five kilometers down that water couldn't permeate it. And the Soviets um, also drilled in the Arctic Circle in 1970. And then in 1990, the German Continental Deep Drilling Program began drilling in Bavaria and went down 5.6 miles. That's nine kilometers, which isn't as, as deep. Now, the story behind this is what's most interesting. It is claimed. Now, a lot of people have tried to debunk this, but I'm less likely to believe the debunking because it is in scientists' interest to debunk this. Now, the, the, the story is that they're drilling this dinner plate size hole down, 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 down. They get to a point where the drill bit just starts turning and it's not eating anything. There's nothing left to drill. And the scientists thought it was bizarre. And so they decide to attach an instrument to um, some type of rope and, and drop it down into the hole and see what's going on down there. So here it is. They, they attach some audio instruments to this rope. They start lowering it down. Uh, and finally, it gets to the very bottom to the point where the drill stopped drilling. They record for a little while. They bring the instrumentation back up and they listen to it. And the results were chilling. What they heard, according to this, these reports, is that they heard human screaming. Like just full Serious. on torturous screams of humans. So there's this very famous quote from one of these communists who listened to the device after they after they brought it back up. And and he said, I'm a communist. I, I don't believe in in God. Now I believe in God. Like that's how much of an impact this audio had on this dude. Wow. Because you know, I mean, communists so, are atheists. You know that. Right. So right. Right. So they so they basically the drill basically hit some type of cavern. Um and it it because it wasn't bringing any debris back up as it was spinning and then there were sounds coming from this cavern that sounded like I mean I wonder what it could be like you know from a a logical standpoint some type of rever reverberations happening uh, deep within the earth which would make sense I mean you know sure. who knows what sort of like grinding and moving and frequencies are going on down there you know the whole the whole notion of hell being underground i always think is an interesting one you know we're we're like vibration energy at source everything's vibration energy and humans humans kind of live in this uh limited body that has very limited perception but as humans we are still all in the astral in a sense like we use these terms to like define well there's the border here over here's the astral over here's hell over here's heaven and we are outside of both of them but it's not like that right you know it's not like it's underground it's all like fr frequency vibrations that exist 
in this mix around us constantly. So that's why I've always found this like notion of hell being underground to be such a pedestrian type idea of, of, well, it's down there and the good stuff's up there, but it all is actually right here. Every little bit of it, all of the frequency, all the vibration is just this limited blinder viewpoint being within the human construct body. It, it restricts our senses to it until you learn how to sense outside of it, you know? So, so well, it's always funny to me, those stories. Yeah. And look at our point of reference. I mean, we're, we're this tiny speck on a tiny speck within the greater universe, right? So we're, we're a speck of a speck. I mean, if you think about the, the size of a planet in reference to the entire universe, and we're a tiny speck on that, we're talking about distances that are like miles when when you think of those infinite distances are so much greater than than the ones that we often refer to so whereas we see this as like well it's way down there you know a, a massive being that was the size of the cosmos would look at that and think that that was a ridiculous statement because it's all in the same right. place you know and i think you know these um other episodes that we did just recently where we found reports in ancient China that had been documented of people digging and finding dimensional, I guess, dimensional portals in yeah. the earth where they were entering in time changed. Um, when they came back out, uh, their physical bodies were changing. They were um, around and amidst a, uh, dimensional space with, with maybe even different laws of physics and things like that. Uh, those were really interesting episodes. Uh, as well. So if you guys haven't watched those, um, highly recommend going to check those out. Um, some of our inner earth series that, that we've been knocking out recently. Um, but I think the, the other thing that's interesting is when you really look at what the Greeks understanding of the underworld was, what Hades was the difference between Hades and the other gods. We've talked about this in previous episodes is that where Zeus was a god in a certain realm, or Apollo or these other gods were a god in a certain realm, Hades was the realm. He right. and his body were, were the realm. His power was distributed amidst or among that, um, that land. It's his consciousness. Yeah, his consciousness is right. the realm. Right. Correct. Yeah, and, and then we have all of this evidence from different places like the the tunnels of Baie uh, near Mount Vesuvius where where um the Sabean um uh prophet lived where you've got these places that look like there were there was a river running through and it was the river Styx maybe there was something about these places that we just don't understand now or that they were more familiar with the underworld the actual underworld where they were entering this place and we just don't have that in our culture because we've never sought to deep, uh, you know, delve deep into the earth. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is that like bringing up that old episode is important because <clears throat> the previous episode on portals in the earth that the Chinese had encountered and others, because it 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 is like that at the same time where <clears throat> you have these specific frequency and vibration created by the mineralogy and the rock that create those entry points into other realms, into their locations. And while we've seen entry points 
based off of specific types of mineralization that have to do with specific types of crystalline rocks that go to a sort of a higher-ish frequency, whether it's a realm or not, or just a frequency that a person can shift into. Right. I don't know. We haven't looked at what it is that takes it takes him to a deeper, darker realm, right? So, I mean, there conceivably could be specific types of minerals that do, well, one goes that way and one goes the other way as far as vibration goes. Yeah, and, and you know, what's crazy is for, for a long time, I was like, ah, oh, human beings, they're always talking about hell being underground. They're just these crazy human beings, you know? But then when you, you know, because you're thinking it's probably another dimensional space. Uh, but they they have no other way to describe it, so they're talking about it underground. But what if Hades, like something about Hades, was real? In fact, people were delving down deep into the earth. There were different dimensional portals to different places. Maybe them dropping that audio equipment down there was some type of. I mean, we don't know what the what the, any of the results of that would be or what the conditions are in that space. Right. We, we right. don't have a way to understand it because we don't generally <laughs> in this civilization, we don't go to places that are that mysterious. We stay away from the ocean. We stay away from deep places underground. And I've always asked why, I mean, why, you know? So, well, you know, it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. I mean, sure. But then we're, we're so willing to just do, do, like dive deep into space. In the, in, like with the space race, right? At that point in time, there was a, probably just a tiny bit more openness around it than it is right now. Yeah. But I, I think that a lot of the space stuff that we encounter now is not likely 100% real. Um, I agree with when that. You get, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't think, especially when we get into the Russian cosmonaut story later on, because there's some very strange things with this. And there's this this thing where space can shift consciousness, moving outside of the influence of the Earth's magnetic field or or degrees of influence, because it's going to have a lot of degrees of influence, begins to change a person's consciousness structure. Now, you've got to wonder, how does consciousness structure in a human change the deeper in the Earth they go or the deeper underwater they go, right? If there's going to be an effect leaving the planet is there going to be an opposite effect going deeper into the planet yeah i mean we're talking about forces that even physics doesn't completely understand yet and they're constantly re having to relearn things when new information becomes available we don't know what what these different forces what effects they have in in relationship with one another or what different recipes are of these forces that create different different supernormal effects you know right. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's fascinating. You know, and it reminds me of a um, of an of another story that's somewhat similar, which is of the Hoska Castle. And the Hoska Castle is has just really always fascinated me, even more than this borehole, because you know a lot of people like to try to debunk this borehole story. Oh, it never happened. Um, all of this stuff. Like you'll find a lot of information about this borehole. I'm honestly more likely to be convinced that they tried to cover that story about the borehole up then it just is easily debunkable. But this right. Hoska Castle one has a series of, of circumstances around it that are very, very curious. 
Okay, so now it's considered to be a gateway to hell. And it is a Gothic fortress that was built mysteriously isolated from all trade routes. Okay, it was built atop a cliff in Prague's countryside. And some say it was it wasn't built to keep evil from entering, but to prevent it from spilling out. Okay, so this was built in the 13th century as an administrative hub for the king. Now, what's weird is this castle is reported to have like no running water, like no certain things that would, it like doesn't, if there's something, there's some weird things, like it doesn't have a kitchen or something like that. Like there's nothing in here that would make it look as if it was a place where you were going to hold up for a long time or that you were going to defend this castle. It almost appears that it was put there to actually plug something. Right. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. This is, so, um, we did this, right? I mean, this was an earlier episode that we went into this. Yes, we right? did. We yeah. went in, we went into this, we did some portals to hell episodes and we went into this, but I like to revisit this story from time to time because it's so fascinating. So that, right. yeah, this was constructed in Prague in the 13th century. Um, Hoska Castle has also housed mad scientists, Nazis, and perhaps even demons. Now, again, when the Nazis get interested in something, you've got my attention because they were, they were so fascinated by the occult and supernormal, um, ways of, of gaining power that were outside of socio-political, you know, drab that we're used to listening to. Right. Well, you know, I mean, even when you get into the Russians as well as the Americans, there, uh, the Russians actually had a unit to study black magic. Um, and, and, you know, some of this stuff made its way into actually the remote viewing program, both in Russia and the United States, where they would employ, bring in people that would work on the side of remote influencing by using, by bringing in darker energies and darker beings into themselves to be able to push those out to influence other people. And so like, you know, you get, like, you got the, not just the Nazis. I mean, it is like literally every government because they look at these things and they think, well, how can we weaponize that? How do we weaponize ancient occult knowledge that is of the darker side? Yeah. And, and I really feel kind of sad for people that don't think our government would ever dabble or governments in general would dabble in those things. It's like, how naive could we be to think that they're not looking for any and all solutions to a military problem? They right. are. Well, you know, it's like, it's like, um, the whole deal with the, uh, the Rorix who were funded by the United States is likely also by the Soviets to find Shambhala because the governments were well, in part, very interested in finding those supernatural weapons. <laughs> hey, who cares if it's like some heavenly realm? Let's get in there and find out what kind of weapons they got so we can use them here. You know? Yeah. It's like, why, why else would you look for the Ark of the Covenant or right. any of these other, these other relics that everybody knows are out there? Now, this, this Hoska Castle, this gateway to hell, which was supposed to kind of I really serve up a bunch of demonic beings. They, I guess these, these demonic beings were feeding on villagers, dragging them back into the abyss, never to be seen again. Now, 
at the time when this hole was found and these like weird flying creatures were seen, like these bat like weird flying demonic creatures were seen flying out of there. The king at the time, okay, I believe his name is King Adakar II of Bohemia. He had this Gothic structure built sometime between 1253 and 1278. Um, now, again, oddly, the original construction omitted stairs from the courtyard to the upper floors, and most of the structure's defenses were built facing inwards. It was as it's if like when you, it's like when you're like walking around and you find one of those chain link fences. Yes, but they are. Oh, look, it's to protect that uh, power plant or something, but they're actually pointed inwards. In. So anything that's in there can't get out. Can't and you want to know, wait, what's going on here? It, it's like, yeah, when you see the defenses of a prison, like the, the barbed right. wire is is to prevent from getting out, not from getting in. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've seen those in weird places, like places where they shouldn't be. And wonder right. did they put that did they install it wrong or right. what are they trying to keep out? I mean, this is not a prison over here. So it was as if the purpose of the castle wasn't to keep invaders out, but rather to keep something trapped within. And um perhaps most notable of all, the king had the gateway to hell sealed with stone plates and had a chapel built above it. And the chapel was dedicated to the archangel Michael, who led God's armies against Lucifer's fallen angels, leading some to believe that this gateway truly existed or still does. Now, back to the locals at the time, the locals were terrified of some type of half-human hybrid that began to crawl out of the hole at night and tear livestock apart. Yeah, okay, so this is the thing, you know, when we... When... <laughs> Without fail, without fail, <clears throat> and we've done a lot of these types of projects, when we remote view things that we're looking for stuff underground, holes, caverns, caves, or legends, inevitably what we get is this sort of soup mix of other beings who are living under tunnels that look completely different. Than, I mean, it's like always the case. Like if you're remote viewing some project that involves underground, you're going to run into these things, even if the project doesn't have anything to do with it. So crazy. yeah, there were probably like physical things that lived underground that came out of it. Now I know it sounds absolute, you know, bad, whatever, you know, but it, it, it's like what the remote viewing data consistently shows bottom line. It's like over and over multiple viewers blind shows that stuff happening quite frequently. That's really weird. Like our It world. is really weird. Yeah. But Some... that's the thing. It's like underwater. It's, you know, the amount of cavern caves connections to these caverns and caves we're always running into deep, deep, deep underground. So there's a whole world underneath there. Absolutely there is. I'm convinced of it based on remote viewing data and the various stories that people have out there. You, you, yeah. know, you just start putting it all together and you've got this very strange thing that delves into the cryptid world. Those scant sightings that people have yet are the same from location to location where people wouldn't even know each other or know of the experiences people have had in other locations. So, yeah. 
Well, and I think the scariest part about this conversation is you can imagine a past where superstitions were not considered superstitions. It was just matter of fact. Hey, there's some demons over here or there's weird creatures in that forest. Stay out of it. Just people know these things. They would just share them. They would encourage you to be safe at night, especially. No one believes that anymore. So what's out there? It's not like there's people hunting these things like they used to be in the past, you know? <laughs> When you think yeah. of it that way, like if that's true, what I just said, if you think of it that way, what the heck's really out there? I mean, right. you've got more of a contrast between how we live now and how they lived in the past, where these creatures know to stay away from certain areas, obviously, because it's so it's like it's just highly human populated. But when you get into their realm, right, there's nothing to protect you. Right. Like you're, right. You don't believe what are you going to pull out like mace and a taser and that's going to work? Like it's not. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You need like a, you know, an arrow dipped in holy water and it's a silver tip. Okay, yeah. So these uh so the lore at Hoska Castle is that prisoners facing the gallows uh were offered full pardons if they agreed to be lowered into the bottomless hole. And uh, report basically what they saw. The first man to do so was young and healthy, and he happily accepted. Within seconds, however, he cried to be raised up, so he's screaming. And when he was pulled from the chasm, his hair had turned white. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's something weird going on there, and the Nazis knew it. Now, the Nazi experiments took place during World War II. They wanted to secure the 13,000 manuscript library of the SS leader, Heinrich Himmler who was obsessed with the occult and believed its power would help the Nazis rule the world. Now, we talked about all of this in our Relics of Power series on Rise.tv, so definitely go check that out. Now, uh, locals at the time reported strange lights and horrifying sounds coming from the castle, and many top Nazi officials, including Himmler, allegedly attended dark ceremonies at Hoska Castle in which they tried to harness the power of hell. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it's all about. I mean, this is like, this is like, I'm I'm pretty convinced that in the past there was a a closer vibrational connection so that other beings from other worlds can pass through. So when we get to the idea of monsters, cryptids, and monster hunting, um, I think that that is sort of what the deal is, where these these types of beings can come in and out, do in and out things. And then when you get to the Nazis. And you get to secret societies and, and what they do. It, it always seems to be that they're trying to uh, make a connection, make a bridge between those beings that exist in a more vibrational state that are of a darker nature so that they can gain power and gain power from them in order to begin to rule this world more. Right. And that's like, you know, the whole basis of secret societies, symbolism around secret societies and whatnot is that that is what it always seems they're doing. And again, our world is way stranger than I think people people know. But, you know, <clears throat> we've been talking about a few really dark things, but apparently you have a story where some cosmonauts saw some angels in space or an angel or what exactly happened here. Yeah, this is a fascinating story because this happened, well, this happened, I think, in 1984. It was July of 1984 
where there were Russian cosmonauts that were aboard the um, Salyut 7, which was their space station at that time. And they were on like day 150, 155 of that mission. And they stay up there for quite a while. Um, they started to report strange lights, strange beings. They perceived these beings. I mean, you're talking about multiple cosmonauts. I think you're talking about like four or five cosmonauts in this first incident because it happened later as well. So they saw these strange lights and these faces. And then in the this space is in station, outer space, like we're talking about in space. Yeah, yeah this is their this is their their uh, space station that they have. So in, in um, the vacuum of space, they're seeing in the vacuum of space, lights and right. faces, lights and faces. It was so intense, actually, that the the light actually permeated the opaque walls and came within the spacecraft and actually blinded this orange light blinded them. So it's like it entered from the outside and then came inside, um, not through windows, but through walls. So they were blinded. And after that happened, they thought, you know, there was an explosion, there had to be an explosion, but they didn't see anything. Um, after that, they saw these faces that were like hovering in space outside of them, like in space outside of the craft, outside of the ship, ship, very large figures. So it happened again. The day 167, the crew was joined by another team of three people from the Soyuz T-12 spacecraft. So after that crew joined uh, the Sal Salyut 7 um, cosmonauts, the same thing happened. An orange glow happened. Then immediately afterwards, they look out the portholes and they see these big, huge beings that had wings. They were like, they explained that they were the size of an airliner. And they were smiling at them and they looked humanoid. So after about 10 minutes, the beings just sort of disappeared. And then the Soviet Union, basically, you know, at that time, they, they, they classified it. They classified it top secret. And this came out after the uh, um, Soviet Union fell. So, I mean, it's a fascinating story because, you know, you, you, you usually don't run into these types of stories. You know, you usually run into the UFO type things, the right. alien type things, or the demon type things, the dark entities, right? I haven't heard any dark entity stuff in space, but this one, when we remote viewed it, was actually quite fascinating because what we have described is we have, like you said earlier, when you were talking about um, there was a being, I think you said Hades, that the consciousness is the realm, right? That was a really interesting term that you said, because what the data was talking about was that the, the cosmonauts, now a number of things going on with the cosmonauts. One thing about it is that th this statement that you said is pretty much what the data said. The consciousness is the realm of this God or God, right? So the data was literally talking about that. So immediately the data goes towards a higher realm type of vibration thing going on that 
this is where this is where they are what they're seeing like around them at the yeah. time okay right so 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 god we'll just say god right a god god the the culmination of all consciousness that's a high vibration appeared to them in the form of angelic figures a consciousness is one all the same thing and the angelic figures this was described as if you stuck your fingers under the water and all you can see are the tips of someone's fingers sticking through but you didn't see it was connected to anything to else whole body right and each one of these things is an angel and this is the consciousness of god and it's moving its its uh appendages itself into the realm so that the cosmonauts could see it right and so the angels are all the same thing one and the same thing it's just that they're the appendages of the fingers of god in a sense and and so the the the, the soviets you have to understand they around like earlier much earlier and probably all throughout the the space missions that they were undertaking they were very interested in parapsychology and they were interested in in um the applications of parapsychology so the the cosmonauts for one were being used to run telepathic experiments right beyond that they were also likely used to try to communicate with beings in other realms beings in higher realms and some of the data has suggested that these cosmonauts were very interested in the idea of higher vibrational realms right and so there was this knowing from the consciousness and what these cosmonauts were trying to achieve that it was able to present itself because when you step outside of that vibrational frequency of the earth that <clears throat> there's something different about being on earth and i've heard this before it shows up in our remote viewing data as well is that when you move into space outside of the earth's influence whether that's magnetic electromagnetic degrees of it your consciousness begins to expand it begins to open up you begin to see more now an interesting corollary point here is that when when i or other remote viewers remote view things that are off planet mm. Typically, the data is much more profound. It's much more vivid. People, especially myself, have a tendency to bilocate more when viewing really? off planet. Bilocate meaning like your consciousness is somewhere else. It's right? it's almost as though you're 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 there. Like right. you pop in. Like wow, you're there all of a sudden, and you see it clearly. Right. This doesn't happen nearly as much on Earth. So there's there's something about the magnetic, the electromagnetic field, maybe even technology that keeps us bound in to a certain mindset, to a certain degree of experience and beliefs and limitations by being on the surface of the planet. And when you begin to when you step outside of it, whether that is through remote viewing, astral projection or going into space, your consciousness begins to expand. It opens up, right? You know, you think for one thing, they're stepping outside of the the mental human frequency of always da -da 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 talking and talking and talking in their heads. Like when I lived in New York, it, it was it was horrible because 
it was always in my head, uh, other people, the, the thoughts, the thinking, the vibration, the frequency, right? It's like microcosm, macrocosm, step outside the earth. You're going to open up to a quieter realm where you can experience God. And so these cosmonauts literally experienced the consciousness of God coming to them. Not that they're different from it, not that they're separate from it, but it appeared to them in that yeah. way as angelic figures. So that's what I dig about this story because it's so positive. And these guys were changed by it, literally changed by it. Well, yeah, so was, that's why I did this story. Story. I was going to ask you that because, you know, communists, I mean, that's the whole shtick with communism. It's, it's like, it's, it's. A religion is a poison. Yeah. yeah it's, pull it's, people away from one power structure and move them into a different power. Right. Structure. right. And, and everything about that is atheism, you know, the destruction of civilization, um, you know, all of, all of these, like it's, it's, it's got an emphasis almost an absurd, absolute emphasis on science in a way that even right. our current society can't like in America can't really understand as much, even though it's extremely science-based. Yeah. But, we've got some shreds of spirituality running. Correct. And, and it's okay. It's okay to actually have that. Right. Whereas there it's like, everything has to be dumbed down to its lowest form. Like even, even Qigong in, in China, which is, you know, basically you could say it's like exercises. Like when you're watching people do Tai Chi in the park or whatever, they've had to take all of the spiritual elements out of that to some extent. And Hey, it's just about healing and fitness. Whereas actually right. in, in the past for thousands of years, we're not talking about healing and fitness. We're talking about like, like extrasensory cultivation paths that like, you know, were extremely spiritual. Well, you know, this is the, the thing, right? Exactly. You know, in, in the, in the, the, they'll pull out the spiritual part of it and turn it into something else. They'll dumb it down. And the, the Soviets, like we're talking like the early 1960s, the Soviets were, and, and the Eastern Bloc in general, there was a lot of paranormal parapsychological research going on. And there were people in the West and people in the East that would communicate about, you know, what's going on, the sort of experiments they're doing, what sort of successes they've had. Then what happened in the Soviet Union mid to late 1960s was that the, the state, the government started to take control of the narrative on right. that. They, they basically um, moved all of that open source research into classified projects. And, and they stopped people from investigating the parapsychological side on the public so that they could completely control it and classify it. So it turns out the Soviets had had at least 10 facilities with hundreds of multidisciplined scientists and, and um, technicians working on the issue of parapsychology and beginning to utilize that to use it for um, uh, defense and weapons for intelligence purposes and and going very deep into the spiritual side as well as the occult side right as i said earlier they had this one whole facility was devoted to black magic so the soviets at a at a at a administrative level we're talking kgb ministry of defense have their worldview that is different than what they tell the population to have yeah. right completely different of right and this is why in the early 1970s late 60s the united states when they found this out 
what the Soviets were doing. The Soviets were way ahead of them. They started to like, oh, shoot, we've got to like create something here. We've got to investigate clairvoyance and whatnot. The Soviets were actually developing technology based off of the multidisciplinary approach that they had into understanding parapsychology, right? So they actually developed technology based on what they were learning because it was so multidisciplinary, right? So, so they're always way ahead and more in the spiritual realm on that high level than the United States was. Yeah, and you'd think that the United States would have been keeping up with that because they had they had a Project Paperclip had adopted all of the Nazi scientists who were delving into bizarre stuff. I mean, yeah, all of these all of these different governmental organizations were doing bizarre, crazy experiments on humans that kind of bridged between science and, and supernatural. But you'd think that that they would have, I think, developed that sooner. I mean, you don't really start hearing about the more parapsychological things until like late 60s, 70s you know, and then into the 80s, they started going full on, you know, you've got the Montauk project and all kinds of things going on there. Um, or even through the 70s. But um, yeah, it's, 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 that's really fascinating. And then I just keep thinking, you know, you've got these like how, how just um, ironic is the universe that, you know, you've got these cosmonauts, these atheists that are like swimming in space, essentially, and then, you know, divinity decides to show itself to them right to just basically say hey not everything you see on planet earth is, is necessarily accurate exactly yeah. yeah and hey when you get back down to earth that's classified because we don't <laughs> want our people to know yeah and th and that's that i mean that is the case i mean look at like we've you and i have even just through historical research have seen that usually every ruling class is keeping an enormous yeah. amount away from their citizens. I, I'm not really, it is a strange historical thread that we see on all of these government organizations or those in charge keeping really important information away, almost trying to keep everyone dumbed down from having all of the information to be able to make rational decisions for themselves on what they believe. Right. Well, you know, empowered, empowered humans on the, on the ground are a dangerous thing to a power structure. So that's yeah, really what it comes down to. And it shouldn't necessarily be that way. I mean, it, you know, not that humans, I mean, humans are going to be human beings. Like there's been very few years on this planet without war, if any, you know, but I think it's still, um, people deserve to know the truth, you know? Always. Well, anyway, you guys, I uh, hope you all enjoyed this episode where we got to talk about some angelic sightings and portals to hell. Um, yeah, next, uh, the next episodes, we're going to be delving deep more into what we were just discussing, which is how far back do these strange underground organizations go that have been quietly uh, conducting rituals and I think even controlling human beings for a really unnecessarily long time. So um, hold on to your hats for that. In the next episodes, we'll be getting into Emperor Constantine and the Council of Nicaea. And hopefully we don't ruin your Christmas. Well, uh, thank you guys for being with us. And until next time, we hope you guys thought this episode was as out of this world as we did. <laughs>